Welcome to episode 30 of Expanding Beyond. Um, I just heard in the pre-show from Monica that it was a really bad day for her. It was too sunny and uh, too <laughs> horrible on the beach in Italy today. I know, right? First world problems. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, this is it. Today was bar- horrible. It was windy and it was sunny. And I had to stay on the beach from nine in the morning until six in the evening. Horrible day. Mm. Really. Poor you. <laughs> I mean, it would be bad for me as a German, of course, staying in the sun all day. That wouldn't work. I have but, been yeah. in the sun long enough this week not to get burned anymore. Uh, so, But given how fairly skinned I am, it could have happened. So mm. <laughs> <laughs> could have been worse. Yeah, here uh, it was a bit rainy and not that nice. So also not a good day. Yeah. It was supposed to rain in the morning. I could even see the thunderstorm uh, with the rain pouring down, but it really coasted us and I probably was like five kilometers away. It just like mm-hmm. went away. So maybe that was yours. <laughs> <laughs> that cloud was yours. I'm not sure how nah. easy it is to cross the Alps for those clouds. <laughs> no, the poor, the poor things cannot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's true. All right. So you mentioned that you wanted to talk about uh, a tweet you read, I think. Mm-hmm. There was this one. I mean, I'm on holiday, right? So I'm not uh, doing much. This is on purpose. Again, debatable if it's a smart idea or not. But in like I was saying last week, when when you tend to put yourself out there a little bit too much during the working day, after that, it's not that likely that you want to spend even more time thinking about work. Yeah. And for me, that's the same also on holiday. Uh, I I might at some point start really acknowledging the fact that, you know, programming is not my work anymore. So eh. <laughs> I could do that uh, also on on holidays. But um, so in any case, what I'm trying to say is that I, I tried to stay away from anything really uh, work related, but my I use the web interface for Twitter, therefore I see everything at once. And there was this one tweet that that caught my eye the other day, it was like a couple of days ago, where the author was retweeting uh, someone else with an image where it was saying something like there was a statistic, 40% of the people that were working in blah, I don't remember what, they were picking the company based on the fact that they could work with uh, containers. And the commentary of the author of the tweet I I read was like, if you ever wondered if there is a career-driven development, guess what? There is. And that made me think because I had a similar conversation with a friend of mine, dear friend of mine. I, uh, I met also a couple of days ago here because we're both originally from this area and we came back for, for summer. And he was telling me that he's kind of an impasse at uh, at his job, and uh, it was like, yeah, probably I cannot progress as a as a manager within my company because there's this and that missing. Uh, my boss is not extremely supportive, whatever. But also on the other hand, what I'm doing, I'm already doing it. Like I'm already operating kind of like at a staff engineer level. So. It's not like I don't I don't have the level I want in my company, but if I have to change job, 
then maybe what I'm going to do next is actually picking the company based on the technologies I want to work with. And Mm -hmm. whenever we are talking about a career as an individual contributor, I mean, as a manager, you might want to work in, in companies with certain philosophies or certain products or whatnot. I mean, what we usually pick, especially the philosophy might be more important because your management style should, you know, match or uh, should be more in line with the people surrounding you. But as an individual contributor, that actually, to me, makes a lot of sense. If you are in the, in the position in which you can pick, why not picking a specific technology so that you can evolve in the direction you want. Back in the days when we picked, me and this friend of mine, when we picked Ruby and Rails to to work, probably unconsciously, but we made that kind of decision. Like we want to work in companies that have a certain stack that work on certain things. Like, you know, Ruby and Rails have been famous for quite some time for, you know, for startup. Uh, for startups so that they can MVP uh, very fast. That kind of that kind of choice actually drove our our career in a certain direction. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the, the thing that I always wonder and is sort of what what do you have to give up if you sort of change direction there, right? Mm. Because if you are sort of if I have on my CV, hey, I've worked with Rails for the last what it is maybe thirteen years. Mm-hmm then that's sort of, that I'm a pretty good candidate, I guess. Yes. Uh, but then if I, I don't know, apply to a job that is basically, I don't know, C. <laughs> yeah. Embedded programming, then maybe uh, I'm not the ideal candidate anymore. So that's sort of the question, what if you then want to give up your advantage to sort of progress in that area or not? This is very true. I mean, what I find curious is that in my experience, so it's very limited, mind you, but we always look for senior people with specific stack knowledge and very seldom I've seen really considering candidates that have a different background. That yeah. made me think in the sense that, you know, like there's this adage out there that says hire only when it hurts. But if you do that, then what happens is that you don't allow yourself for the kind of space to actually have people that you can... I mean, a senior engineer, software engineer, how long until it picks up something different than what they're used to? Maybe one year, maybe two years. It's definitely faster than anything that comes with a junior or an intermediate person, bringing them to a senior level, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, from from my point of view, I I I do agree. I mean, learning another language is probably is the easiest part. Um, learning maybe the everything, the libraries you have to use and stuff around it is maybe the bigger step, a bigger thing to do. But in the end, it's not like a huge thing. But sort of looking at it from the other way around in the hiring process, I guess there this is, you still have a disadvantage there. Vice versa. If I'm picturing companies, I'm also thinking about to be appealing to um, to engineers that you want to have on board, especially if you are aiming high, like you have, you want to have those senior people, you want to have those people that are hyper competent, you know, the, the infamous kind of like whiteboard interviews kind of companies. 
then it's very important that you present a stack that is uh, that it's interesting and lures those uh, those people that do want to have this kind of experience. So yeah. as so, what I'm trying to say is that as a as a company that aims to be like that, you might want to again. It's another trade off between what is safe. It's another consideration to make. This is what I find. So ah, this is a good segue. Um, you have to be aware that you have a trade-off between the safety of the stack and the technology that you know, and you know how to use in a proficient way. And instead, what will attract talents, you know, like we always use this word, talents. You want to have people that have a certain mindset, that have a certain um, uh, knack for technology and so on. And if you don't invest in that, then how likely you are to actually get the people you want and the future you want. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, in the end, the, the tool stack, knowing the tool stack is, is not the, the sort of important part, right? Mm. Everyone can learn the stuff. But as always, anything around that, the communication and, and how you work with people and sort of your broader experience, this is sort of the, the important parts, actually. Yeah. Sort of, if you think long term enough, that's the point. Like the same way I was talking about was uh, exactly about this. Like thinking long enough in the future. Uh, I was wondering how an engineering or a technical product uh, roadmap could look like because I've never seen one. <laughs> so uh, I started digging a little bit on on the internet, and you know, like there's everything out there. Um, so there's even examples of technical roadmaps and these engineering roadmaps. I was, I mean, again, in hindsight, it's something that is like, of course, that's how it looks like. It's not only about technology. Uh, when you look at these roadmaps, you see a bunch of things. You see things about the infrastructure. You think you see things about the technology itself. You see it's, it's not even about projects. It's like really high-level chunks of work. Some of those lanes are exactly about the kind of people you want, the kind of budget you want. This is how the career ladder should look like. So on the technical roadmap, you not only have stuff that it's related to the technical part of the product development, but also a bunch of things that are about how do we evolve the engineering uh, department, the engineering function, I, I don't depending on, on your company, it's one or the other or whatever. And yeah, this is this is part of that. Uh, yeah, so sort of to keep the balance between the new and shiny thing and making it yeah. stable <laughs> and keeping people there long term. Yes. Sort of intertwined because if it's not stable, then yeah, people will get frustrated and leave eventually as well. I don't even know if that is a bad thing necessarily. I mean, it depends on the turnover rate, I guess, <laughs> on how exactly. fast Exactly. Like after a while, I think it's it's even a good thing that people that have been there for long enough go away. I always use this metaphor of the of the wood uh, of the woods. Like for the woods to be alive and to thrive, you have old trees that have to fall. 
so that the the underground uh, the um, uh, underwood can grow new trees can 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 raise and grow and uh, it's it's easy because uh, someone is there for long enough to you know fill the room a little bit too much yeah and then when they go on holiday it's also not so great <laughs> no <laughs> totally not yes this was a super unintended segue into my <laughs> one of my topics <laughs> I, i really didn't plan it so this is going to be my my last week before my three and a half week holiday and as always it is um interesting to sort of think about what to do in that last week and how to prioritize and thinking about what what have you actually been handling for your team for the last weeks and months and what do you need to what of those things is fine if they just get paused for a month and which do you need to hand over so i've already discovered that i'm sort of going to i think three weeks uh, three meetings each week and i mm -hmm. hopefully have found people already to fill in that spot for me from okay. the team And then I'm trying to, yeah, so last week was kind of successful. I was able to finish one of the, one of two big topics I want to finish before my holiday, sort of unblock the team and hopefully they can uh, already do stuff while I'm gone. And now I have one week to sort of get the second thing done, which, well, I hope it works out, <laughs> <laughs> but it's sort of the, 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 the second most important one. So I guess it's fine then even if I don't finish it up all. Yeah. How, how, do you, how do you actually organize your work for, for leaving it to other people? Do you write things down? Well, so what I've tried the last weeks in my, uh, anyway is that if I, t if I write personal notes of things that I think should be done, eventually uh, I've tried to put them into Jira tickets more and more mm -hmm. so that we can sort of discuss them and prioritize in our refinements. Yeah, I mean, I've I've done that a bit more the last week, basically, so that there's nothing sort of on my plate that is just on some in some notebook on my desk and no one knows about it. Then we've discussed it, hopefully, uh, as a team before I, I'm gone and then they can decide what to do about it. Okay. And it's not like I have this. Yes, I'm, a, I'm, I'm sort of a senior developer on the team, but I'm also not the only one. It's not like stuff mm. is going to stop while I'm gone, I guess. No, but I was thinking, you know, like what you, what you said also last time, I think that each one of you is more of an expert in a specific thing, right? Because you are not a big team anyways. Yeah. So for having a certain kind of continuity, I was imagining that for details and, and stuff like that, having something tangible to give someone else on the team, like, hey, if this happens, this is what I was thinking about doing blah, 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 could, uh, could be useful. Yeah. Yep. There, there isn't really, I mean, there, yes, there's, there, there were also true. I also, there were also a few stories in the last sprints where basically I've, I've documented stuff mm. that I had taken over, over the last weeks and that the others didn't have the, didn't know too much about. And I just basically wrote down the stuff that was important to, I don't know, there are some scripts that you sometimes need to run. And I basically documented what was necessary there also. That's true. And then hopefully they don't discover anything new <laughs> there that they, that they then have to dig into. But I guess that should also be fine. It's not like 
it's the end of the world. It's just going to take them a bit longer. That's all. This is something that I noticed I feel different about this new company compared to when I was uh, going on holiday as a, as a lead of my previous team. I didn't know, I didn't had to uh, give so many directions or instructions on how to do what or, or, or to prepare too much. Like I knew that work will be done and that was fine. I trusted the people on the team to be able to, you know, handle certain things. I mean, I've never been long, like I've been away for a month, but it was over Christmas. So the most of the people in the company were also off and mm -hmm. nothing was really happening in any case. So meh. Um, usually I, the longest I've been, <laughs> I've been away, it was uh, two weeks and it was an it has been an, a weird feeling this time around to have also to leave stuff written down for, hey, if anything changes, this is what should happen, things like this. It's, I mean, it's not like the world is going to end in a week, but I felt more, how do I say it, less comfortable this time around, let's say. Mm -hmm. Yeah, but I guess that was also yet your first holiday in the yeah. company, right? Yes. So maybe that's also, and I mean, if you know, I come back and everything is fine, then I guess the next holiday will be easier on your nerves. I think so. Yes. <laughs> I mean, it's I mean a, as I said, it's a, it's a team with not, not many processes and not fully staffed. So it's also hard, I guess. I mean, if it's a, if it's a team that is fully staffed and knows each other, the members know each other since quite some time, and we have we are this well-oiled machine. It's harder to stop that kind of machine than it is to stop this small thing that it's kind of like wobbly on the rails. So that's where uh, I think maybe the difference is. Yeah, but I guess it's also interesting to see what happens, right? And then maybe yes. you can make adjustments afterward. Oh yeah. I mean, it's easy to say for me, of course, <laughs> because I'm not in your shoes. <laughs> I have to fix stuff that could potentially be broken. But yeah. Oh yeah. So yeah, I'm. 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 I mean, I am in the nice position that I'm just just one of the developers in Airquads, basically. Mm -hmm. And if I leave, then there's two more, and there's other teams as well that also know enough about the projects, and so it should be fine. And and I will be leaving my computer at home, and I don't have any work-related stuff on my phone. It's just one person might be able to reach me via WhatsApp if necessary, but I doubt it. <laughs> and I can't even do anything, right? It's like, what can you do if you don't have anything with you? So oh, yeah. Guess, guesswork and it normally doesn't help and just makes it worse. You were telling me about this, this also this workshop you have done? Yes. So we also did, um, I've never done it before, a Team Canvas workshop. Mm -hmm. Um, so we had an external facilitator and uh, sort of one of our uh, internal people from this uh, Agile Masters team. So Scrum Masters, uh, they do the work of a Scrum Master and anything related to stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And we basically had everyone in, in a in or in multiple online meetings for well almost a whole working day. So that alone was already very, <laughs> very tiring. <laughs> I really yeah. couldn't do anything that day anymore afterwards. And we basically discussed 
uh, there was sort of a guided way through discussing strength and weaknesses in the team, uh, sort of on, on the team level, uh, sort of what you want to achieve and also on a personal level, what you want to achieve and yeah, uh, stuff like that. And it was actually uh, kind of interesting. So our facilitator sort of in the beginning also asked us as a team what we wanted to focus on, what was important to us. And as we've only been sort of together as a team for a few months and some just joined a few weeks ago, we just, we said, yeah, we would like to know more about the other people on the team. So we focused more on the, uh, on the individual, uh, team members and stuff like that. And when then we discussed, uh, also strengths and weaknesses of people. And then I mentioned, for example, that, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty bad at, uh, task switching. And then I explained, yeah, I might be somewhere on the autism, autism spectrum. And then it was kind of a surprise to me that two of my colleagues said, yeah, me too, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so it was kind of, kind of cool to learn more about the people and to sort of, I think this actually helps. And I think we, we are sort of getting closer as a team. I mean, eventually it would be nice to sort of meet everyone in person. Uh, but I guess that we'll have to wait for a while. Or a few months. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, at least next year, summer or something. But I think, I think we're already sort of getting there. Yeah. And sort of copying your, uh, you from a few episodes ago where you said mm -hmm. that you sort of won your OKRs. <laughs> <laughs> I, I guess our team won uh, the Team Canvas workshops. Uh, because the facilitator said that we were the team that shared the most freely and most things about themselves. And mm. yes, I mean, it is, I don't know what that even means if you really think about it, if, if that is good or bad, uh, but it felt nice and it might not be that uh, important, but it's sometimes it's nice if, if people say stuff about you and you feel better <laughs> and maybe better than others, even if it's just in such a small way. I mean, one of the reasons why you guys might have shared more than others is that you already feel that kind of comfort uh, in uh, in speaking to each other. From what you tell me, it seems like an healthy team in that in that regard. That is true. I mean, in the be beginning, I thought, yeah, I mean, we're all as a team already doing super well. We don't have that many conflicts. Um, what's even the point of doing such a workshop? Mm -hmm. But I guess it still helps if, if, you, if you sort of do it in a bit more structured way and talk about stuff. But yeah, that's true. We've been all, always been a team that ha has been very open and challenging of the status quo around us yeah. and very comfortable. I mean, one of our one of my coworkers said that it, she feels like that no one in our team is sort of afraid to lose their job. Right. And that's why we yeah. always uh, challenge everything and everyone and sort of want to know why and sort of come up with better ways of doing stuff. Psychological safety. Yeah, it's important. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I think that, that you just, you have just expressed a very good point. When you said that it's nice to reinforce um, this, this feeling. I mean, teams like, like projects, like everything really, you have a ramp up period, you might have this, you know, rocky moments in which there's conflict, in which there's uh, disagreement and you have as management and as team, you have to reach that point in which the team is performing. The interesting part is that that 
stage is not like you reach it and it stays there. You have to actively work to keep it that way. Mm -hmm. And these workshops and other kind of like, imagine, you know, like team events and uh, and uh, getting to know each other and finding other things that we can do even better are those kind of uh, instances. This is how you make the implicit explicit, first of all. And second, the fact that we work together and we work well doesn't necessarily mean that we are that we have to become friends, but knowing what what makes another people up, another person upset or how people like to work, what's important to them allows you to empathize more with the other person. And because we are so as humans, like we are so focused on our own life, we are the protagonist or of our movie, right? Um, yeah. And makes other people feel more three dimensional. Like these are people with interests, and and you find out as you just described something that you didn't know and you didn't expect. Yeah, yeah, it was it was amazing. Sort of the day after, uh, someone sent me a chat message and basically said, "Hey, I have this problem. Are you currently deep in one of your topics, or do you have some time oh, to help me out?" Awesome. Sort of, because that's actually what we discussed. If if I'm the person who is in already somewhere in a topic. I have uh, it, it's hard for me to switch, right? Mm -hmm. So that that was very considerate and was basically the day after already. So that was that is just great, super surprising, yeah. Very considerate. How does it feel to work with such colleagues? Yeah, I mean this this team is this is super nice. I mean it's not the best team I've been on, that <laughs> mm -hmm. it's reserved to for okay. for another team, but. This, I mean, given the fact that this team has been started somewhere in March, this is already pretty, pretty amazing. Whoa. Yeah. And one of the developers started a month ago or something. So, Oof, crazy. Uh, so this is already pretty good. Yeah. But yeah, we'll have to see. I mean, we have more. We have one more developer joining, I think, in September. Mm -hmm. And I think there's possibly some sort of product management changes, and then hopefully we are stable. Mm -hmm. Because this is, of course, also always the problem Then you have this uh, well-running team and then one person gets added or sort of, I mean, adding pe people, I guess, is the bigger problem. And then you have to be careful that you don't lose your momentum, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, for how long teams are stable in your, in your company? Uh, I mean, that, you know. That I don't know. <laughs> I haven't been here long enough. Have you noticed any difference? Like in your experience, when was the threshold and this is stable enough? When was a team feeling unstable? What, how often a change would, would happen for you to say this is an unstable situation? Mm. I mean, as long as you're hiring more people, Mm -hmm. Sort of, I find that the team can never fully stabilize. Yeah. So, so what we are facing currently is is a bit of a different problem. Is that our uh, responsibilities are not fully clear. Oh yeah. And that of course also doesn't help. So we have our uh, vision of what we want to be responsible for, mm -hmm. and then management maybe has a different opinion, but they are also not super sure. So you have this sort of clash of opinions and then sort of this uncertainty what's going to happen, which is 
not so nice. On the other hand, this just sort of <laughs> brings the team closer together, sort of yeah. against management. <laughs> <laughs> so in a way, it's not too bad. <laughs> Did it, this is, yeah, that's a very good point. This is always one of the reasons why the, 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 the usual narrative for, you know, making a group form of any kind, any kind of group, parties uh, or, uh, I don't know, like uh, religion, you name it. It's about us versus them, mm. right? So when That's you have true, a yeah. common enemy, air quotes, um, when you have something that you can rally against, that makes your identity by subtraction, in a way, more clear. It's like, oh, we are the ones that are not doing that or that don't want that. It's it's a powerful tool, very powerful tool. Humans are gregarious. And I wouldn't say that it's something you have to avoid, but you have to be careful when, when using it. Because like all cultural habits, and uh, it, it, it could be risky if brought to a certain extent. Yeah, that's of course true. Yeah. I mean, for us, it's more like an inside joke these days, but yeah, <laughs> that's sort of the level at which it is. But yeah, that's true. That, I don't know, reminds me of, uh, I mean, one of the reasons why I think in my previous company, we were able to have such a strong identity as engineers was that for quite some time, we had a clear us versus them towards a product. And as I said, there were advantages. You have an engineering identity, and that's important. You had a clear cultural environment for people to even check against when you were hiring. Will this person find this culture something they can thrive in? And over time, probably because we were so many compared to the, to the other functions, we were also able I think, I mean, this is what I remember and human memories are fallible. I recall is this feeling of, I think we kind of tilted the culture of the company because there was just so many of us. Mm -hmm. So it is a very powerful tool because you can use it for, you know, doing this kind of stuff. Let's change the culture of the whole company uh, or let's tip the balance uh, of a certain things in a certain direction. But on the other hand, what was causing also in the long run was that it was very hard for uh, cross-functional teams to uh, function because a product manager in our configuration was a part of the team. And this, I don't know, confrontation, constant confrontation and mistrust, I wouldn't call it distrust, but definitely mistrust, uh, was uh, was not favorable to have a high-performing team because the product manager belongs to the team. Yeah, I mean, we've had that here for uh, a few years ago as well, sort of the last mm. time I was here. That sort of, there was a separation between the developers, uh, quality assurance and product management. Mm. And of course, then there's so much, they get so much lost uh, in, in sort of communication, if you separate the, the functions that way in a team, then sometimes, I don't know, product management sort of had a deadline that they had to sort of stick to because they, they there's some marketing stuff yeah. that has to be organized and has to be finished by a certain date. And they are not as flexible. And 
then sometimes that leads to problems. <laughs> and exactly. that is, of course, in the end, you still want to, you sort of want to be, uh, I, like you said, it works best if, if, if you have sort of the empathy for the rest of your team, even if they are sort of in a different uh, function, because you want to work mm -hmm. together to, to get your product out in the end, right? That's, that's sort of the, the end goal. Absolutely. Yeah, I think in our team currently, this is actually, it's working fine. We are sort of the team first. And then you also, uh, people are sort of um, being a developer or a product owner or something. It's sort of a secondary sort of um, um, sort of identity. Even if if sort of the 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 hierarchies are still at least partially separate, it's still we are a team first, and then the, the other stuff comes after. That's very cool. Not surprised you guys are so good. Yeah, I mean this is also I I think this is also a sort of a management, uh, it's important for, for management to sort of support this, right? I, I guess Absolutely. we we were more or less um, left alone in, mm -hmm. in, in a positive way, I would guess. <laughs> so we could sort of form as a team and mm, at least partially independently decide what we wanted to do and how to do it. And then, of course, you you build that team identity. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess that's that's it from my side. I don't have huge topics these days. I'm just happy for a long holiday. Yes. <laughs> and I have very big and heavy books I want to take with me to mm -hmm. read. I even thought about taking a program book, but I decided against it. No. I'm sure I'm not going to to read any of it and it's just too heavy. Yeah. Ebooks potentially. But no. No. <laughs> I mean no. I thought about that. it, but no. I'm not no. going to. No, don't it's, do it. It's just going to cause st stress, right? Thinking, yes. oh, I brought this, but I don't want to read it. And, <laughs> and now I feel bad because I didn't. And, and mm -hmm. no, it just stays home and I can maybe do it afterwards. Smart. Then we'll see each other in three weeks and a half. Uh, yeah, we'll see. Maybe next see. episode <laughs> might be mm -hmm. a bit late. Let's see. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what, what is going to happen in such a long time okay yeah mm, curious <laughs> yeah i have there's enough people in that company so i'm not oh, worried yeah. at all no. <laughs> it's all going to be fine all right so let's end it here then i guess yes so monica where can people find you on windy beaches but otherwise exactly very windy beaches while i surf and uh, post on Twitter at uh, KFMolly with an I. Uh, but also uh, you can find some of my uh, work on Dev2. Uh, you can look for uh, Nirnaeth there, same on GitHub. Uh, and as always, uh, since a few months, uh, my personal website, uh, monikag.me. And what about you, Urban? Well... When this episode out comes out, I don't think you can find me anywhere <laughs> on the internet. <laughs> I will be somewhere in Greece reading a book and maybe drinking a coffee or having something to eat or going for a so swim. Jealous. That's all <laughs> I will be doing. Let's see how windy it's going to be there. Mm -hmm. If you want to reach us, I guess I still have my phone with me. You can reach <laughs> us uh, and send us uh, questions or topics you want to 
um, have covered um, feedback, anything to hosts at expandingbeyond.it. Yay. Please do write to us. And also, it can be also some topics you want us to speak about. You don't necessarily have to give uh, your opinion. But uh, as you can see, we can ramble for quite some time. So, <laughs> yeah, we've shoot. practiced long enough. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> then, all right. See you next time. Bye bye. Bye, peeps. <laughs>